Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host, as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say special thanks to all the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. Um, Just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who supports anything that we've got going on. This is a very special episode of our podcast. So uh, recently, um, I had the honor of being interviewed by our hometown paper, the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, for their social media. So the the interview took place on um, their Instagram uh, live. uh, And I sat down to talk about everything that we do, as well as uh, the future of work from home, a little bit of cryptocurrency. um, And it's just a great interview. So I wanted to share that as our next episode of By the Hood. So this one actually is featuring me. So please enjoy and give us some feedback, you know, share this video. Um, and if you don't follow me yet personally on Instagram, follow me. But, uh, you know, please enjoy this interview that I had with the Philadelphia Inquirer. And, um, you know, salute to Derek and everyone over there. Uh, look forward to working with you in the future. But here is the interview from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, Inquirer followers. This is Derek Kane from Resolve Philly and special correspondent for the Inquirer. And today we have Jimmy Williams. Jimmy Williams is an author, he's an investor, he's the founder of By the Hood, and he's also the co-founder of Black Wealth Project. And we also represent Resolve Philly. Resolve Philly is a journalism nonprofit, and our initiatives push the field of journalism to be more equitable, collaborative, and based in community voices and solutions. We got Jay, Jimmy Williams, y'all, By the Hood. Make sure y'all, listen, you gotta read a lot of information, a lot of stuff going on. Make sure you check him in. No, here you go, right here, y'all. What's up, good brother? Playing, man. You, I said twelve thirty. You was born. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to waste people's time, man. One of my things <laughs> is about you know, time is money, right? Right. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, well, thank you for joining us again. Uh, appreciate it. I know you got a lot going on in the world, so we, you know, we want to be. I mean, really, to be honest with you, I think we, we got a lot to talk about, but I don't know mm-hmm. if a half hour is going to actually cover it all. So we may have to do another episode at some point. So just That's keep that problem. in mind. Whenever you spark me on a calendar down the road somewhere. So yeah, I know you got a lot you of need me, bro. I'm here. Whenever you need All me. right. Thank you. Uh, so first, I'd like to always start off with just you doing a wellness check, man, and seeing how you're doing, man. How's everything? How are you feeling? Oh, man, everything's good, man. How about yourself, man? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to maintain. Everything's good, though. Good, good, good. Same here, man. Same here. Just want to make this one. Just excited about this this, this conversation um, because it's a lot. And I'm really into this crypto stuff. I'm really into all this, this financial literary stuff. So I'm just really uh, inspired by the work that you're doing. So I want to get into basically um, the what's the, the backstory behind the, the Black Wealth Project and, and how did it come about? Like, what was the point behind it and why did you feel it was so necessary to do this? Yeah. So so first, it started with um, my, myself and my partner, Corey, with By the Hood. Right. So I've been in real estate and financial services like since I've been an adult, literally since I was a teenager working at the very bottom as a, as a, as a clerical person in real estate. Um, so when I found the power of real estate, so to take a step back further, initially mm-hmm. I wanted to get into politics. Like it sounds crazy. Oh, really? A lot of folks think like it's crazy because yeah. it was my upbringing. I was always taught to be of service to the community. Right. Right. So I thought politics was the way. Um, and I actually did a couple internships on some campaigns here in Philadelphia. I'm not going to name no names, but 
<laughs> but through that, I learned, right? And, and right. You know, um, at the time, I was, I was going to Lincoln University um, after high school, mm -hmm. right in Philly. But um, I learned that a lot of people who actually controlled the campaigns were the business people, right? I mean, I was, I was doing like very bottom of the, of the barrel work, getting coffee and answering phones. But what I noticed was when certain people would call a candidate, they would come right to the phone, right? Mm. So that like piqued my interest in business. Why do these people have so much power that they can get things done? Um, so I changed my major from political science to business. Mm -hmm. um, and when I started getting into real estate, I started seeing the power of real estate right away. Right. And I was like, I got I to gotta teach about this. So I, it's funny. I just found footage back in 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, I had like, you know, rented out some space and I had did a community event. I was trying to tell people about real estate and they were looking at me like, you know, you're a little kid. Right, who this what guy, do you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so I've been on this journey. I bring all that up to say I've been on this journey of trying to educate my people for a long time. Right. So what happened was when I started by the hood it was initially it was about real estate and, and seeing the value in our communities and trying to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I went to high school with my partner Corey, who's a, who's a teacher. Right. And what was funny is I, I've watched him teach a class and it was like. You ever see a good teacher? It's, it's like something to really watch, right? Everybody thinks you can get in front of a classroom and just like, you know, give information. Right. But it's the difference in controlling the classroom. It's almost like watching an artist, right? Mm -hmm. And me and him had a conversation. He said, well, part of the, part of the problem you're having is you're, you're constantly trying to reach adults. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He said, you need to put something together where you can actually teach the youth. And I said, well, help me do it. Love so we it. partnered together. And By the Hood started as a way for us to do community work so we talk about finance, but really our message, to be honest with you, is about loving each other, right? Right. right? Because, but we use finance as that tool to have the conversation. So we mm -hmm. started a camp probably about five, six years ago where, it's about six years ago at this point, um, kids ages five and up right. able to come out free of charge, and we would teach them about real estate, uh, the stock market, cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So, and, and it's amazing to see the youth, I'm talking about kids ages five, mm -hmm. learning this information, and now right. some of them have their own portfolios. Really? It's very powerful. Yeah. And we did it right in the community in the Germantown section of Philadelphia. Okay. This past year, because of uh, the pandemic, we moved it online. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was uh, uh, great feedback. And we'll have it again this summer as well. So right. a lot of our work is community-based. Everything right. we do is about educating our people about the power of ownership. And we talk right. about those three asset classes. Now, on top of that, mm -hmm. the Black Wealth Project came about because after the work we were doing with By the Hood, we had some like-minded individuals, um, such as our brother, uh, Kamari, the finance rebel, uh, the IV investor, Courtney, as oh, well man. as real estate, Tracy. So we got some powerhouses and we all like, you know, had conversations and we decided to create our own little think tank. Right. Mm. So right. one of the things we see in our communities here in Philadelphia with all the gun violence and you see all the stuff that goes on. A lot of people get online and want to talk about, you know, what's wrong. You should do these things, but no one is really taking action. So we said, right. let's take action. You know, a lot of us are financial professionals because um, along that journey, I've had several licenses and, and, and you know, I have, have credentials, you know, I have master's degrees. So I have all the credentials, mm -hmm. but no one is actually out here in the streets doing the work. So our thing was, let's take action. Let's get out here. Let's do the work. Let's have these conversations that nobody is having. So that's how the Black Wealth Project found us. So By the Hood is its own entity where, you know, mm -hmm. we educate the youth and the Black Wealth Project is like a think tank where we come together. It's like super friends almost. Mm hmm. That's, now that's amazing. When you talk about you, you use the tool like the, the 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 tool of love and using that as you know to to use that to help with financial literacy. Like is that is that was that some, a concept that you like? How did you come up with that concept? Like why go with the through the love the word using love as a vehicle to get people more informed financially? 
I'll explain to you why. Because when we first started by the hood, it was literally, like I said, just about the real estate in our environment. Right. But what I recognize is it goes a lot deeper than that. As I started to mm -hmm. study the stock market and started to study crypto back in 2016, I'm like, we have to incorporate this as well. Right. But then when I look at what goes on in our neighborhoods and how we can make change, what I recognize is it's two things, right? There, mm -hmm. there are a lot of economic issues, but I think there's a lot of love missing in our community, right? Right. Because I look at you as my brother, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and because I look at you as my brother, no matter how much we disagree, um, I'm never going to go grab a pistol. We can argue, disagree, or whatever, but when there's love there, nothing ever escalates beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, but, yep. but, I, but I understand why, because one of the things that I find in our work, we do a lot of work in places that some people don't go to. Right. So that's why we always we we always and I'm talking about behind the prison wall. We do a lot of yeah, work for places yeah. where people don't go to. Mm -hmm. And what I find is when you start to have conversations with, um, you know, some of these kids, it, it things start to make sense. Like when we're all born. Right. We're born innocent. We're babies. None of us are born a complete demon. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Who knows? But I'm just saying, like, mm -hmm. a lot of that is environment. Yeah. Right? And what I find is through the work, what's missing is love. Right. But they, they've never had anyone to tell them that they can do great things. Right. And I'll give you a little example of that. So one of the benefits I had growing up is um, I had like a village around me. So mm. everything I am is because of the people that came before me, whether that's my right. parents, my grandparents, and even my extended village. And people made sacrifices to put me in certain environments and schools, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of what I teach goes back to the fact that I went to a school in Philadelphia, it was called Ivy Leaf. Many have heard of it, some may never heard of it, but it was an mm -hmm. all black, it was an all black private school, right? Mm -hmm. So my teachers look like me, my principal looked like me, and every day we were poured into. They were they were telling us that we can be great, we can do great things. Right. But wow. then when I would then when I would go home, I lived in Germantown, and I would mm -hmm. you know go to the playground and hang with my friends. Some of them were talking about their teachers who told them they would never amount to nothing, right? And I never realized until I got older the difference in you know their path versus my path. But right. I was poured into as a kid. So now when I talk to some of these kids who are either you know, doing time because, you know, and, and now with the car, everything's going crazy. When you, when you actually have right. a conversation with them, though, they haven't had anybody pour into it. Mm. I had a kid tell me I was the first black man that ever told him he can do anything. It's kind of sad really? to really think about it. Absolutely. Wow. So, like, it's, it's, it's deeper than just, like, you know, throw them all away. We have to get to the root of the problem. And the root, root of the problem, to me, gets back to your question. is about love and also, like, you know, empathy. Right. That's that. That's that's deep. You know, thinking about that, and, and I'm just thinking about as you're talking, thinking about this. The the, the folks that I ran through or that talk to or, or or talk about their past, they say the same some similar things. You know, about just basically the upbringing, like you said, the, the lack of the village, and how because they didn't know a lot about things and nobody taught them. That's they chose the path that they knew. You know, mm -hmm. and if it's not a lot that they know, then they're going to go that direction because they don't know they they have any other options. So that's that. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I also want to talk about this too, because you talk about this a lot in your in your live conversations. You talk mm -hmm. about values and principles. So, can you share with the followers, like, what do you mean when you say focus on the values and the principles when you're investing? I think integrity is a lot of times what's missing, right? Because mm -hmm. values and principles, a lot of times we don't focus on that, and especially in the social media era, we get caught up in like people's followers or how much money they're making, especially when you get into the finance space. Mm -hmm. But I think what's missing a lot of times is integrity, right? right? The reason that the partners that I have, we work the way we work is because we understand that all money isn't good money. There mm -hmm. are opportunities that we've been presented. There's people that offer us money for promotion, all kinds of stuff. And we right. won't do it because it doesn't align with the mission. Right. Mm -hmm. And our mission is to add value to the community. It's not just about extracting value or making money. 
like I've been offered several times to, you know, I don't want to use the term sell out, but to do things for money, but mm -hmm. it doesn't align with the mission. Right. And if we're not adding value to the community or trying to just make the world a better place, then, you know, so to me, values and principles come before anything, you know, integrity to me is more important than money. Right. right. And I understand that because one of the things that I, I know just through experience is that true money is, is, is really in your time. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also in the relationships you have. Right. The relationships that you build are worth more than any dollar amount. Right. Right. Because your relationships will allow you to get into certain doors, to have access to certain people and information that you can't get through money. So mm -hmm. I'd rather focus on integrity. So when my name comes up in conversations, people will only speak of it one way because I just don't believe in doing things for money. Right. Right. Also, I, when you're doing that, when, you, when you're going into communities, and, and I know a lot of times because we don't have a lot of exposure to, some, to a lot of these things, is what's some of the challenges that you're dealing with when you're trying to teach and, 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 and motivate in, in communities a lot of times where they don't have a lot of hope? And we don't a lot of times in certain situations. So how do you, go, how do you overcome that? And, and what are the challenges when you're trying to teach? The biggest thing is trust, right? Yep. Our folks are so used to people only coming to extract things from them. They're not give that they don't trust. They don't trust that um, someone is out there trying to do right by them and, and, and actually has their best interests at heart, right? right? So to me, that is the single biggest issue is gaining trust. And I mean, that even trickles down to some of our youngest students, five years old. They're like, they're already got their guard up. They just don't, mm -hmm. no one trusts. Right. Yeah. They almost think it's a game, huh? Listen, they, they, they think it's like, this can't be real. He's not really trying to do this. Yes. And I wow. understand that. Yeah. The way to fight that is to do what you say you're going to do. Right. Is, yeah. is, is, is a thing that uh, I like to call the say do ratio. Right. I heard someone use that term. I said, that's, that's amazing. The say do ratio. When you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. And you have to build that trust over time. Right. But yeah. that's one of the things that we're missing overall as a community. Um, mm -hmm. And we have to work on that. Right. So we have to work right. on that. And understand why. So this is what I mean by the empathy thing. It, when I see people don't trust, I don't get upset. That's a lot of people get upset. Oh, they, nobody trusts. No. Mm -hmm. Understand why that's there. It's a reason why. Like, because traditionally or historically, I should say, um, big institutions and people have taken from our community. So I right. get it. But I, I but but I know that we still have work to do. That doesn't mean that you don't do the work. It means yeah. that you have to consistently do the work, improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's tough though. Like you said, you know, the, when you have such, you know, so many been let down so many times, and you know, you you've trusted in people and they let you down. It's kind of hard. So I definitely get where you're coming from. So thank you for you know for staying sticking with it and continuing going out to communities and and teaching and helping and motivating because I think we need way more than that than we currently have, and and hopefully that can help change the trajectory of the the way the city and and the way the country is going. Yeah, you know, the balance and everything. So I want to switch gears a little bit mm -hmm. and get, I want to talk to, uh, more, of, and I want to get into this crypto blockchain metaverse thing. Okay. And th the three of them together, can you explain to our followers really what the difference between cryptocurrency, block blockchains, and metaverse? All right. So the first thing I'll say is this, right? You have Bitcoin and you have cryptocurrency. Right. Because those aren't the same things, right? right? And I think that's where a lot of people get confused because Bitcoin, um, operates over here and crypto is over here right then within mm -hmm. that whole you know relationship then you have things such as nfts DeFi. a lot of the buzzwords you'll hear when people start to talk about cryptocurrency but the first distinction i want to make is to put bitcoin over here somewhere and put cryptocurrency and the reason i say that is because bitcoin not only is it the first um mm -hmm. but it's the most valuable and it probably will always be the most valuable because of the attributes that it has in terms of being decentralized 
Um, and I don't want to use a lot of buzzwords to get too technical with it. Right. But the idea is there is no one point of attack when it comes to Bitcoin. And it's not like that with other cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. The thing about cryptocurrencies and why it's very important to be educated is because there's so many projects and tokens out here. And if I'm being completely honest as someone who works in the industry, I would say about 95% of them are trash and they're trying to take, they're trying to extract mm -hmm. value. And that's And the people in the crypto community get mad when I say that, but that's right. what I see. Right. Mm -hmm. What I see is you have a, a couple a couple projects that are like amazing. They're revolutionary. But then a lot of these things, first of all, they don't have to be crypto. The thing about cryptocurrency is it's also a fad. It's a buzzword. And you have companies that try to get use that word to just like, you know, extract value from folks. Some right. things don't have to be put on the blockchain. Everything's not made for the blockchain. Now, with that being said, within that, you have the NFT world where you're able to, you know, create value by putting things on a blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. um, which, which can be a one of one or a one of two. So now you see a lot of artists like who will uh, come to that space. The thing about NFTs, and I'm gonna say this again, is very similar to cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Most of them are worthless, right? So it's kind of like the dot-com era. It's very, dot very much so, very much so. It's very much so like that. Now, with that being said, I don't want it to be all negative because if you remember the dot com era, Amazon was a part of that. Google yeah, was a it part was, of that. Amazon was born. You know, so right. all these things are still here, but you really have to do your research and be careful, specifically with NFTs, because now people are trying to put everything into an NFT when everything shouldn't be an NFT. Like, right. I see people just take a selfie, like, I'm going to sell this as an NFT. There's really no value there, mm -hmm. right? So, what you have to look for with NFTs is for one, look at the volume on that NFT. How many right. people are using it or trading it? What value does it add? One of the great things about NFTs to actually, you know, try to make it more positive is to see how people are using these things to create value. People are making communities there. So it's going to be interesting to see over, over time how people create an NFT and add mm -hmm. value to that community who owns the NFT. So it's not that I'm just throwing the whole thing away, but what I'm saying is be very careful. I was okay. fortunate enough to get into some NFTs early because NFT is actually one of the earliest use cases of blockchain, mm -hmm. but it just became a fad over the last couple of years, Right. right. So, but projects such as like something like a sandbox or Decentraland, um, I got into those projects a little bit early. Um, mm -hmm. I also own a CryptoPunk. So, but I was just testing things out. But then as I test things out, I do more research, do more research. And I'm right. sitting there watching all these projects come up and I'm like, what value are you really adding? Mm -hmm. People want to make everything an NFT. So what I would say uh, to the listeners out there is be careful with NFTs because there's a lot of people creating them and they're not trying to add value. They're trying to take value. Right. Exactly. And it's the same thing with a lot of these cryptocurrencies, because we understand like it's psychology. Right. People like to chase lottery tickets. And I see this in all asset classes, by the way. It's not just yeah. crypto. You'll see this right. in the stock market, too, with people trading mm -hmm. penny stocks. Right. Yep. Instead of buying something solid that they know will work over a 10 or a 20 year period, they're trying to find the next big thing. And every once in a while, you know, listen, you'll make money doing that. But mm -hmm. over time, you won't. And you see that a lot in crypto and people understand that. So they come to market with a lot of coins, a lot of tokens uh, and a lot of NFTs that are really worthless. Right. That was very, very helpful. Again, which leads into my next question, because I, I'm, I know, over, especially since 2020, it seemed like a lot of people um, kind of like retail investors, as they say on CBC, like retail investors are jumping into cryptocurrency. And do you think that because of the there's less barriers getting into crypto versus the stock market is why you feel so many people jump in? Like, what's your thoughts on that? why a lot of folks are doing more of the crypto stuff and now starting to go into stock market after the fact. Now, 
That's a great question because um, one of the great things about crypto is it gets a lot of people in. And once mm -hmm. they understand how to become an investor, they start getting into the real estate. They start right. getting into the stock market. Yep. Um, it's almost like a gateway. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is a great gateway. But what I will say yeah. is I do believe that cryptocurrency is the future. Um, however, it's, it's, a, it's a long time. that It's a lot of things that it has to go through as it matures. Mm -hmm. um, but now when I talk to people who, uh, who work in Silicon Valley, they always tell me that a lot of the, the talent that come out of these colleges that generally would go to Facebook, Google, Amazon, they're all working in crypto companies, right? So mm. there's a brain drain that's going on with folks working at these crypto companies, right? right. So that's part of it. It's, it's the buzzword. It's, it's, right. it's hip to say it's a new industry. So that'll happen. But over time, we'll still see how this thing plays out. It's still fairly early. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people feel like they're late to the party, but you're really not because right. this is a whole new asset class. Yeah. You call it a brain drain. I'm going to keep that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> So you do feel that the less barriers was a good thing for, for folks to kind of get introduced. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's positive. It's, it's, it's good and bad, right? Because okay. you see a lot of people, um, because of the psychology, a lot of people are gamblers. There's a difference between just speculating versus investing. So right. you have to understand that first and foremost. But it does get people into the door. Mm -hmm. um, and once they get into the door, they start to see and understand the importance of investing in general. Right. We have a question in the chat from Zoe underscore Sue underscore Glaze. I hope I said that right. They want to know about the, the is it only in PA base, like your, your, the, with the, the, with the youth and the, okay. uh, it's only in Pennsylvania? No, it's not. No, it's okay. not at all. Right. So, so in, initially when we started, we were in the community. We were in Germantown. There was a, a lady who's a community activist, Ms. Wanda Walker, who had a school and allowed us to use her school to, um, you know, at that point have our camp. But because right. we moved it online, and to be honest with you, when we did it in person, we had maybe 20 to 30 students that would show up. So the way it's, it's set up is it's over like a six week period. It's like one day for over a six week period. And it's like three hours a day. Um, and we would have 20 to 30 students there in person. When mm -hmm. we moved it online, we ended up having over 200, right? Wow. So we had people from Houston, California, all over the place that would get their kids up. So we recognized, and that was just us doing this um, without really a lot of marketing or anything behind it. Mm -hmm. um, now, um, a local brand, um, Better Than Success in Philadelphia Real Estate Week, they've partnered with us um, to try to help us, you know, make the camp even bigger. So this is going to be a very exciting year. And we will make sure that it's offered nationwide by putting it online because we want to just, our, our objective isn't to make any money from this. It's really just mm -hmm. to help as many people as possible. Right. Um, because what we understand is these kids even if they don't understand everything, just their exposure to some of the vocabulary, some of the concepts, yep. that means it won't be the first time that they see it. And I think it's up to us to teach them this. It's right. up to us, right? So we try to get the parents to stay if they're willing to stay. If they're not, we understand. But we try to get the parents to stay because now when this stuff is reinforced, we mm -hmm. have students that have come to our camp multiple years. I'm, and I'm talking about kids younger than 10 years old. And we'll mm -hmm. see them and they like, look at my portfolio. Like, they're wow. already investors. Yeah. Like, that's life-changing stuff. Yes, definitely. Talk about generational wealth, right? Yes. Talking about, yeah, that's some, yeah. So again, this is a free camp for kids. Yes, it's so a free everybody camp. Everybody free. Okay. It's absolutely free. If anything we do for the youth is completely free. Um, you know, and for more information, you can go like, it'll be on our uh, Instagram page, which is at by the hood or my personal page here. We'll post it. Yeah, we're going to pin all the, all of your stuff and we're going to pin all that before we got about, we got about nine minutes left. Yeah, sure. I, I sure. have a couple more questions. I really want to, I want to talk about this here, the open dime. I, you talked about that. Can you, mm -hmm. can you explain, like, how does that work, the Open Dime? All right, so Open Dime is, 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 a, is an actual wow. It's, it's something that allows you to store Bitcoin and make Bitcoin okay. physical, right? So the thing about Bitcoin, again, remember, Bitcoin is separate from everything else. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is gold 2.0. It's a digital version of gold. 
but it's also a currency, which is why you see countries like El Salvador make it their currency. It's why you see people like Elon Musk who likes to joke about Dogecoin, but when you look at the balance sheet, when you actually look at what Tesla holds, mm -hmm. Tesla holds, I think, like 42,000 Bitcoin, right? So they put Bitcoin in their balance sheet. MicroStrategy, another company. But, so Bitcoin is in a class by itself. What the Open Dime does is it allows you to take Bitcoin, you put it on this little device, and mm -hmm. it actually makes your Bitcoin physical. So, oh, now wow. you're, yeah, so now your Bitcoin is physical. So I can say put 100 bucks on this Open Dime. I can mm -hmm. hand it to you and it's just as good as me giving you $100. And oh, it's wow. a very powerful instrument. If it, but the other thing is, it's Bitcoin only. You can't do this with any other cryptocurrency. Really? Um, yeah, but it's very, very, I, mean, I have one right here. It's, it's very, very powerful because... So it's like a, like a little zip drop. Uh... Yeah, I'll show you one. I have, I have a couple of them here. So here's what it looks like. It's very small. It looks just like, okay. a, like a thumb drive. Yeah, and thumb drive. This, So what this allows you to do, right? I could put Bitcoin on here. You can plug mm -hmm. it into your phone and it'll show you what's on here. It verifies what's on there. And it's no way for me to take, once I give this little device to you, it's yours. There's no way for me to take it back off here, right? Wow. So that, that right there is just something that's unique to Bitcoin, but it's very powerful because it allows you to like, if you want to save for your kids, it's almost like a digital piggy bank. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. That, that's, a, that's crazy. Like I said, I, I, when I heard, when I seen that on, the, on one of your lives, I'm like, wow, what is, I never even heard of that. So yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. That, was, that was crucial. And speaking of, uh, we, we talk about the future of work, and, and, and this mm -hmm. is like such a great example of this 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 um, series that we have here at the Enquirer. We talk about the future of work. We're talking about things that's going to, you know, people are looking for in, in whatever industry you're in as far as what the future looks like in that industry. Here's mm -hmm. an example of basically with cryptocurrency, crypto, all that stuff. This is something that's probably going to be layered into all different um all, all different industries are uh, moving forward. And then actually, I was, I was reading a piece in the Billy Penn um, uh, by a colleague of Patrice uh, Foreman, Patrice Foreman, I'm sorry. And she wrote a piece about how a, a house in West Philly, a uh, refurbished home that mines cryptocurrency. They're using the actual helium hotspot as, a, as advertising to sell the house. Yep. Like how crazy is that that you can do that because people will look at that as, hey, I can mine crypto if I buy this house. Yeah. You know, just thinking about how people are advertising now using cryptocurrency. It's such a futuristic type of way of, of doing it, mm -hmm. but I get it, you know, and just, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, how big do you think cryptocurrency is going to become? Oh, I, I think that it's the future. It, it's definitely the future. And then when you think about it, right, when you think about right. the metaverse, right, mm -hmm. and you're talking about, like, you know, um, having, like, a second life in the digital world, these things have kind of already existed. When you look at if you play video games, if you ever play a video game and you get into like, you know, Call of Duty or mm -hmm. Halo or one of them, it's very similar to what people are now using the metaverse. But even with that, be careful because Facebook's metaverse is different than the actual metaverse because it's about who owns and controls it, right? So Facebook mm -hmm. calling themselves meta, it's marketing, right? I know we're on their platform, right. but I'm just saying like, it's different than the actual metaverse but because there's mm -hmm. not just one metaverse. Mm -hmm. There's multiple metaverses. So I can see a future where you know, you actually can work in the metaverse, right? Because coming out of the pandemic, I think a lot of us recognize that, um, you know, you can ha have a lot more meetings, get a lot more work done by being in a house. Yes. One of the things I recognize through the pandemic is like how much time I wasted through travel. Like I actually more productive when I could just like, you know, have me. Go off the bed and turn the computer on, right? Yeah. Like, so, so, but, but now when you add in the fact of cryptocurrency in the future and the metaverse and all these kind of things, I can actually see a, a workplace like that, right? right? Where it's almost like we're in second life. I think that's, that's going to be possible. I've already been in meetings in the metaverse where I'm just like, I'll put on goggles and you know, it, it, we're sitting at a table, but it's a right. bunch of us and we're not even in the same city. Wow. I went okay. to a, I went to a digital art show, right? Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. online, right? This is a true story. 
I saw a young guy, he made over $200,000, right? And in, 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 in a Saturday, this is on a Saturday. And all, all we did was, you know, we walked around this place in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. He had his art on the walls in his art gallery. Right. And people were buying the art. The art were NFTs. So people would buy them via crypto. It would go to their wallet, right? Right. And all this is digital. None of this is in person, right? But we're, right. We're, it's people from all over the world, like walking around this place. I, I, I've been, right. once I experienced that, I said, oh, okay. I see. Yeah, that's when you're like, this is the real deal. Yeah, yeah. It's already, <laughs> it's already here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Man, listen, that, that is crazy. So so what's coming up in the future for, for the Black Wealth Project? Can you, and then also, I want you to pin all of your your, your, your your handles and everything in there so everybody can come and check it out. The uh, By the Hood, the Black yeah. Wealth Project, everything. Yeah. But what do you have coming up in the future? I want to give you a chance so, to just kind of talk about everything you got coming up. So the first thing, the first thing is um this Saturday, um City Athletics, which is an amazing uh program in Philadelphia. Um, those brothers over there are doing great work in the community. Um, what they're doing is they're having a financial literacy series. Um, okay. And we're part of that. So that starts this Saturday. It's for eight straight weeks. It's for high school students. And the high school students will actually get a stipend at the end of it to okay. help them. So that's our next community event. After that, our camp will be coming up. And we're also on the planning stages. We're putting together another program for returning citizens, right? Mm. So we're trying to put together a program for returning citizens to try to, try to keep them, teach them about, you know, um, financial literacy and how to get, you know, into business and get themselves on their feet as they come home. So we're Love working it. on uh, putting that together now. Our camp will be this summer, uh, the end of June, July. Um, we'll put out more information about that. That's completely free. And mm -hmm. like I said, we're working with City Athletics now to do something for the high school students to help them, you know, get involved in the finance space. Lovely, lovely. Listen, guys. See, I got a pin there, JW, the blueprint. That's yeah. his handle. And it's also at By The Hood. Make yep. sure you guys jump on there, get all the information, everything he's got coming up. That's all the time that we have for today. Jimmy, thank you again for your Appreciate time you, and for those of you that tuned in. Um, and thank you for sharing your lunch with us. Um, so be on the lookout for the next episodes of Love, uh, Live at Lunch right here on the Philadelphia Inquirer. We're going to do another one because, again, we I tried to cover as much as I could in this half hour. The half yeah. hour flew by, but just keep me in mind. Keep me on the listen, calendar. Man, listen, you, you, got, you got my number. Whenever you need me, just give me a call, bro. All right. Appreciate you again. Everybody, right. thank you for joining us. Have a good day. Take it easy. All right, now. Yeah.